Warning, this podcast was produced by two men who still think that swearing is both big and clever. As a result, it contains quite a lot of it. Therefore, this podcast is not suitable for children, unless they're really fucking cool children. Ho, ho, ho. Welcome to another episode of Collaborate and listen. My name's Sweary Santa, you bunch of cunts. Ha ha ha! Welcome to this particularly good episode. It's an end of year special. It's the Christmas special. You'll hear the sound of reindeers and snowbells in the fucking. I can't be bothered to do this, mate. It's Dave. It's Dave. It's Dave Fensom. Wearing a Santa mask. You can hear it. Can you hear me? It's Dave Fensom. Welcome to the uh, Christmas special of Pop Collaborate and Listen. Uh, we have got a treat for you this week, guys. Uh, we're talking all things ABBA. ABBA. Why are we talking about ABBA? Uh, because ABBA's greatest hits albums spent an awful lot of the time this year at number one. We don't normally do greatest hits albums, um, but it felt remiss not to talk about it. Plus, there's the fact that I fucking hate ABBA. Uh, I'm a renowned ABBA sceptic. Uh, we talk about this in the podcast. So, Krista likes ABBA. I don't like ABBA. We thought, what better to do but bring in another uh, body to officiate. We thought someone completely neutral. No, we didn't. In fact, we got a, a massive ABBA fan in the form of comedian Sean McLaughlin. Uh, if you don't know who Sean McLaughlin is, he is probably the best comedian you haven't heard of. If you haven't heard of him, if you have, he's probably one of the best comedians you have heard of. Um, go and check out his specials. They're on YouTube. Harry Mary. Check out his album that's on Spotify. Uh, this motherfucker does the intro for it. Uh, Sean McLaughlin is genuinely one of the nicest people I've met in comedy, and uh, even if he wasn't, it wouldn't matter because he is so unforgivably funny that you would let him off being a complete asshole if you uh, if if you met him. So yeah, so I hope you enjoy this. It's a it's a bit of a battle royale. They're trying to convince me uh, that I should like ABBA. Uh, you'll find out about the format we chose in the special. We hope you all enjoy it. Um, but really, more than anything, and we want to wish you all uh, an enormously happy Christmas. Thank you so much for sticking with us this year. Uh, thank you for all of the new people that found us this year. Uh, we're, as always, overwhelmed by the response. I mean, genuinely, we honestly never expected uh, to have any level of uh, listenership. We expected it to be 10 of our friends. And the fact that people are finding it, getting in contact via email, uh, making all these things, man, it's uh, it's really mind-blowing to us, man. It's uh, There's some difficult times going on right now at the moment, and knowing that you guys are out there, it does actually help. I want to say a special thank you to a couple of people. I'm not going to name names because uh, people didn't let us know whether they were happy for us to do that. But we've had some donations come in to our PayPal uh, Christmas donation you know who you are guys thank you so so much we really appreciate that um if you do want to make a donation our paypal link is on our website um the only reason we're plugging this is we're just in the process of upgrading some equipment and things like that at the moment uh you may hear adverts in this podcast at some point in the future we've held off so far uh we hope that's okay but anyway look guys we want you to have the best christmas possible hug your loved ones close let them know you love them if you're not in a position where you can hug your loved ones because of covid and all this bullshit that's gone on then you know pick up the phone and let them know guys if you're on your own you need any help give us a shout motherfuckers uh, i don't know what we can do but you know we'll try uh, a happy word on twitter or an email yeah we're there man i hope you guys are all okay and yeah we get through this season together we'll be back in the new year 
with uh, the new season, which will be 1993. Really looking forward to that. Probably the best ever year for hip-hop. So we will see what goes on. Let's hope it's a good year for terrible pop records. Uh, Because let's put it this way, 1992 wasn't necessarily a vintage year for those motherfuckers, was it? Anyway, this is a really long introduction. Uh, No further ado. Uh, Wishing you a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year. Love to you all. And we'll see you in the new year, motherfuckers. Dave up. people welcome to another episode of pop collaborate and listen my name is dave fensom i am joined as always by mr chris Greer. hello everybody uh, and this week uh we have got an incredibly special guest for you uh we have got a, a, a man that has described himself as looking like a, a quentin blake illustration one of the finest stand-up comics in the uk at this moment that you can afford to see mr sean mclaughlin <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, don't know how much... Uh, well, I mean, yeah, you can afford to see me at the moment because I'm not performing, so it costs you nothing. <laughs> well, you just pop right into your yeah, eyes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just, I, I just, I just normally look through your, your, your bathroom window. <laughs> that, that, that's been working for me. Anyway, this is... Welcome to what is essentially our uh, Christmas special. Uh, we're meeting here on Christmas Day. We're, we're fucking not. It's a week before Christmas. I, I can't even be bothered to pretend. I am wearing a Christmas jumper, though. Glad that neither of you pricks dressed up. Well, yeah, I'm not having this. I'm not dressing up for an audio bullshit thing that we're doing. I was actually, I was actually gonna dress up because I've got a t-shirt of the band that we're talking about, but I couldn't find it. You've got a t-shirt? Yeah, I got. Well, I got. I got very nice. I got very drunk in June and ordered one. We alluded to this on the last episode, but this is a special on uh, one of the biggest selling records of 1992. Uh, it's not an album that we would normally cover because we don't do greatest hits albums, but this is ABBA's gold compilation, like one of the biggest selling compilation albums of all time by the much-loved ABBA. Mm. I mean, just a little bit of kind of background on how big a deal this is, right? Um it was released in uh, September of 1992, and so it was. It was like the first wave of around then when ABBA became cool again. A lot of people were sort of bigging ABBA up because they went through a very uncool phase. They go, you know, up and down in the 80s, but they came back, and suddenly it was all right to like ABBA again. We'd had the Erasure ABBA SEP earlier in '92, and there was a lot of attention. So Polydor had just bought the rights to the ABBA back catalogue, and this was what they put out. And it went fucking huge. It's the UK's second highest selling album of all time behind Queen's greatest hits. Um, It sold over 30 million copies worldwide, which makes it the 23rd highest selling album of all time worldwide. Uh, Between two Beatles albums, uh, funnily enough, uh, between The Beatles 1 and Abbey Road. Uh, There's only one Beatles album that is higher in that uh, Best-selling album of all time. Do you want to have a guess? I'd have to say the best of the Beatles. <laughs> no, the one is the best of the Beatles. <laughs> Sean, do you want to have a guess at what uh, Beatles album might be higher? Um, isn't number one, first of all, just the list of Beatles singles that were number one? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. exactly. So that that is uh, above 
Arbor Gold, and Abbey Road is just below it. I'd assume, I'd assume Sergeant Pepper's. Is You're right. It is Sergeant Pepper. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely, yeah. it is. Um, there's also there's one. There's only one other 1992 album that has sold more copies than Abba Gold. Um, do you want to have a guess what that is? Uh, it's not one that we've covered, just uh, so Dave and I'm not going to be thinking of that. It is a soundtrack album. Okay. Um, and it is, all right. It's the best-selling soundtrack album of all time. Is it The Bodyguard? It is The Bodyguard. Uh, yes. The Bodyguard album. Uh, which apparently is the fifth best-selling album of all time. The Bodyguard That's soundtrack. The, wait, the the Bodyguard soundtrack is the best-selling soundtrack of all time? It's yeah. fucking insane. I, I don't see how that is... Because, like... Mental. Even, even just the fact that the Titanic one had my heart would go on. That was number one for about 10 years. Yeah, but you're, yeah. You're, you're, you might be... How old were you in 1992, Sean? I was four or five. I turned so five you, you might three, not yeah. remember like how fucking insanely massive... Yeah, I'll always love you, the, the Whitney Houston cover of the Dolly Parton song was. It was yes. everywhere. You, you, like, I hated it with every fibre of my soul in the way that only like a 15-year-old can hate a pop song. Okay. No, yeah, I do get that. I, I don't think I knew that the, that Whitney Houston song was related to that film. So oh, that there makes you go, total yeah. sense. Because in my head, it's like, you may as well have said, and the best-selling soundtrack of all time is The Fugitive. I'm like, <laughs> what? Why? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no, there you go. That, but that's the only other 1992 album that is anywhere close to Abba Gold. And, and I'm going to pull, I'm going to pull back here because mm. you said there was this resurgence, and like, Abba, it was okay to like Abba. Abba mm-hmm. were cool again, right yep. now. You know, we got Sean on because Sean. It's fair to say you're a fan of Abba. Is that right? Yeah, I think they're great. Oh, mate! Whenever yeah. we first uh, spoke to Sean about maybe coming on this podcast at some point. We're like, well, are there any albums in this list that you'd be interested in doing? He was straight on Abba Gold. Yeah, yeah, I remember that because there's a few. My love of Abba. Here's the thing: is I I didn't grow up in an Abba household at all. As far as I'm aware, both my parents kind of hate them. Hmm. And so Abba Gold. I think I was probably one of the few households in Britain that grew up without a copy of Abba Gold in it. So what, when did you start playing them? I don't know. I think just over the years, I always just, I always liked them on, when they came on a, on a night out. Right. And I just, I just started listening to more and more. And there are more and more songs that would be really good on the radio or whatever. I'd be like, who does this? And it was always Abba. Right. And so eventually it just all, all came clear. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, are you, have you been in from the start? Krista? Um, I, I grew up in a house where my aunt was a big fan of ABBA. Yeah. Um, and so she lived with me and my mum, went around 1980, 81, that sort of time. And mm. there was albums played in the house a lot. The Voulez Vu album, um, Arrival, were always yeah. on. And the, the big singles were always played at the kind of the, the parties that they would have, would be that sort of thing. It was always on. So I grew up with it around me and definitely liked it back then. I was five. I was really into you know, cheesy yeah. pop stuff. It was brilliant. And even though I didn't carry it through the 80s or anything like that, I still have a, a big, big appreciation. I think they've got amazing songs. Yeah, I, I felt as a kid, they were, I mean, obviously I didn't know anything about music, but it felt to me like they were as ubiquitous in society as the Beatles. Sure, like, yeah. Whenever you learn how to play piano or like play an instrument, it always felt like ABBA songs were the songs that you were taught to learn in the book yeah. to make right, it sure. exciting. And-, and I think you're completely correct. And, I, and that's why I, I can say that there is nothing in popular culture that makes me feel like more of a fucking disconnected outsider than the music of ABBA because <laughs> I do not get it, right? I've never got it, right? I've never mm-hmm. got it. I've, I've always just... It sounds like shit to me. 
and I love a pop song. I love a show tune. This I don't mind thing. a chintzy tune, right? But I hear this stuff and I'm like, this is just objectively bad music, right? And I'm going into this, right? I'm going into this hoping beyond hope to be proved wrong because I don't like hating stuff. Mm. I hate a lot of stuff, yeah. but I don't like I like liking stuff, right? So I'm, mm. what I'm hoping is I'm going to go into this. And what what we've done is a slightly different format to what we would normally do in the podcast because normally we go through track by track. There's 19 tracks on this. It'd end up being about four hours. It's Christmas. No one's got time for that shit. Mm-hmm. So what I've, <laughs> what I've done is I've asked Sean and I've asked Krista to give me five songs that they think will convert me into being an ABBA fan, right? As an ABBA, I mean, ABBA skeptic is, I'm going to go with, right? It's, it's about as friendly as I can be. So they've both picked five songs. They don't know which songs they've picked. Uh, and I've listened to them, like, a lot to try and really give them... I just want to point a, out, we know what songs we put. We don't know which songs each other has picked. So there's, there's, yeah. the surprise yeah. is everywhere, guys. Yeah. That's what I'm yeah. saying. I mean, yeah. I mean we've, there's there's more fake Jeopardy in this podcast than an episode of Ice Road Truckers. <laughs> <laughs> and also, to, just, just to give you an insight of how long and this episode could have been, when uh, we first got a date in for this and I was told that I had to pick five songs... I asked if I was allowed to pick songs from more Abigail. Yeah, and you were like, no, let's just stick. Can we just stick to the original 20 the fucking CD songs? Yeah. <laughs> or, or Abba Silver, as it should have been called by any reasonable marker. Yeah. The guy who's in the second place on the podium hasn't won more gold. <laughs> Weirdly, more Abba Gold has got some of their biggest hits on. That's what's so, like, I do, I do, I do, I do is on that. And yep. when I kiss the teacher, thing is, I do, I do, I do. wasn't really a hit in the UK, was the thing. So that's why the thing. That's why Polydor left it off. Uh, the oh, first okay. one. It was a much bigger hit in places like Australia. Uh, I mean, they were they they loved them down there. Well, I tell you what, they don't mind us down there. We do quite well in the Australian music commentary charts. Oh yeah. What was it? Al- Algeria. We got one in this week. We are fucking massive in Algeria, mate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you are, you won't, Al- you won't be after this, mate. I've got some strong opinions about that. Lot. <laughs> Let me tell you, mate. If you are an Algerian listener, because I'm presuming there's only one of you, get in contact. <laughs> yeah, we'd love to know. I mean, I'm, fa- I'm fairly sure it's just someone on a VPN. But anyway, yeah. right. Again, in terms of format, yep. what we'll do is we will go through the tracks one to nineteen in order. We'll see if either. Uh, myself or Sean has nominated that track as one of the ones that we think Dave should like and then we'll get into that if so yeah, yeah reasonable exactly and we, you know, we might pass a couple of comments on some of the other tracks oh know? mate I've got comments on all of the tracks but only little ones because we are going to be skipping through this yeah sure alright so look yeah. okay we normally start with the album cover I mean look it's the words Abba and Gold in Gold That's and background. Yeah. It's it's a I mean, it works, doesn't it? I mean, it, you, get, it, you, you know what you're getting. Yeah. I mean, I mean they're not swinging for the fences, but... No. It, I also, I think that they benefit from having a band name that just looks quite good written down. I think ABBA is such a weird word. But obviously, it's, it's the names of the performers in ABBA. Yeah. Um, but the reason I read that um, they've got one of the B's is backwards is because uh, one of the very early photo shoots, they all had uh, a massive letter that they would have in front of them for the photo shoot. And Benny, I think it was, uh, turned his round for one of the photos and he just went, oh, that looks pretty cool. And then that became the logo. What a prick. <laughs> A fucking prick, mate. It was Sweden in the seventies. You had to get yeah. your kick somewhere, That's didn't true, you? Man. Well, let's let, let's get into this, okay? Fine. So the the Abergold nineteen tracks. The first track on uh, Abergold is uh, a little known track you might have heard of. It's called Dancing Queen. 
Okay, everyone knows this. This is the big one, really, isn't it? Right, it, it certainly is. Now, Sean, this was one of your tracks. Oh, was it? Sean, Sean yeah. this is... And I'm going to be honest with you, Sean. I'm going to, I, don't, I don't want to start off on this note, but I take it quite personally, if I'm honest <laughs> with you. But I, I'm saying to you, I'm saying to you, I don't like ABBA. Convince me, and you've just gone... Oh, this guy doesn't know Abba. Oh, he must not have heard Dancing Queen. <laughs> oh, this will fucking change his mind. Mate, this song's one of the main reasons I don't like Abba. Wow. This I is mean, a brave I, choice. I, I, figured, uh, I figured as someone who grew up in Luton uh, mm. that it might not have quite made it to the metal clubs there. <laughs> so actually... Uh, it's fair to say that hearing this song for what I would imagine would be the 350,000th time... Mm. This this has not changed my mind. This is everything I dislike about disco, dusted with fucking alpine snow and made doubly unbearable. Like, it's bad vocals, bad, bad, bad vocals, insipid melodies. And this song is just so oppressively what? smooth that it makes me violently angry. But it's really, I think the thing is, it is, I had to pick it because it's just, it is their definitive track. It was either that or Waterloo and I, I'm much more keen on dancing. Right, okay. I yeah. just, I think it's like... I think it's as good as it gets. Like on a big night out or like at a wedding or something like that, it's irresistible. It is classic I'm... wedding fodder, isn't it? It's it's like, yeah. you know, let's get everyone on the dance floor. It's like all the mums and the aunties up, stick on Dancing mm. Queen, yeah. This song makes yeah, me feel yeah. so lonely though because I, I've been a part of that so many times and I'm there for all the other big songs. I'm there when they're playing Total Eclipse of the Heart or any of these big songs. And then this song comes in, everyone goes in the middle, everyone's happy and I'm just like... I don't get it, and I just go on the side, and I feel like a social leper. I just, you know, just I, I feel so isolated. You just remind maybe me. Maybe that's of bad why times. they, maybe that's why they put on that song. Maybe yeah. it is, yeah. Maybe it is. Yeah, it was yeah. my wedding, no, Sean. Fucking Benson's getting a bit mighty. Make him sit down. <laughs> Jenny was on the decks. <laughs> I think I will agree with you, Sean. I think this is a brilliant song. It is, of course, you know, it's one of the classics. It's catchy as all hell. I do. I didn't pick it for Dave because it is so. It is like one of the most cheesy ones uh, it's got all mm. those disco trappings um it's hyper hyper pop in a way that yeah. i thought okay maybe maybe that's what's turned him off abba but i think this is a great song and just to be clear i don't hate disco i, I love lady gaga and madonna do you know what i mean I, I i don't hate disco but i God. hate God, you are, you love lady gaga and madonna and you're saying you don't hate disco that's fucking <laughs> That's where you go, look, I love punk rock. I like McFly and Busted. <laughs> okay? But look, man, there is plenty of fucking straight-up disco in in Gaga and Madonna. Listen to Express Yourself. It's a straight-up disco beat, right? But anyway, right, a brave choice. Uh, I, I, I see what you are aiming for. I'm afraid you're 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 naught for five, Sean. Okay. On this, but you know, I'm I'm glad you guys like it. I, I, I wish I did. Um, but again, I would also say that it is because... I DJ'd my student union for years in Luton. In fact, I definitely know this was played in Luton because mm. I played it. Yeah. Um, and I've heard it so many times. That if I didn't hear this again, I would probably be fine. This is one of the ones I, I was like, okay, this is their Smells Like Teen Spirit. This is their Killing in the Name. I'd be like, all right, I can do yeah. without that. I still think it's fantastic, but I have heard it an awful lot. Yeah, I, I I will agree with there, Krista. The touch point that I get for this song when I hear it is "Killing in the Name" yeah. by Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> exactly, mate. It's "Killing in the Name" for you know for nineteen eighties gay discos. Yeah. <laughs> one one thing I did find out about this because. Uh, 
obviously this was kind of their huge this was whenever they were in the middle of their mega stardom this was well actually more on the ascendance up to their biggest point but still getting there um and they had loads of fans uh, in various uh, other bits of music and apparently elvis costello right was such a big fan of this that he used that descending little piano chord bit in oliver's army as a little bit of a tribute the ding 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 that, that's yeah. in oliver's army as well he, he does the same thing uh, the only other thing I uh, find out about this is it was voted the second, the UK's second favourite ABBA song in an ITV 2010 TV programme to find out. Almost every word of that sentence, I hate it. <laughs> oh, God, <yeah. laughs> I mean, it's the worst of everything. Almost every word. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and this is the people you're aligning yourself with, guys. That's what I'm pointing out. Now, what? this is also, I want to make this very clear. Mm. I fucking hate Mamma Mia, like the whole Mamma Mia thing. Sure, I hate okay. the film. I, I went to see the stage show with my wife because she loves it. We mm-hmm. both like Abba, but she also likes Mamma Mia. And it was one of the angriest nights of my life because you're basically sat in a theatre in central London with a bunch of fucking coked up wasters from <laughs> South End. <laughs> Watching these great songs be crowbarred into the into the shittest piece of sh- wank. Oh, no. Like honestly, I don't. Know, I mean, I can't. I just. I can't handle it. I can't right. Handle I must it. admit, I, I've never seen the film or the stage show. I can only imagine it's just a horrible piece of shit. It's exactly what you thought it would be. Right. Fair it's enough. exactly what you thought it would be. Yeah. That, and, and, and this is yeah. exactly to me. I, I, there, there is not a more ITV band in my mind than ABBA. Hmm. Well, funny enough, you mentioned Queen earlier as the bi- biggest selling. I think yes. Queen are. I mean, do you like Queen, Dave? Uh, I yeah, I really like some Queen. I'm a I'm a greatest hits fan. Like we've we've done we've done one of the albums for the podcast, and it wasn't one of their best. If Freddie was still alive, I would enjoy going to see Queen live. I think. I can I sense uh, Sean not <laughs> being a fan. No, 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 no. I'm uh, really. I just, I just think they could absolutely get fucked. I just think this. <laughs> One of them did too much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, yeah, Mr. May. Merry Christmas. Brian Merry May from Christmas. his Brian May from his Algerian uh, residence. <laughs> just fucking surrounded by badgers and fucking anti-inflammatories. Oh. Do you reckon? Do you reckon uh, Brian May was born with a full head of hair? I think if you're if you're a baby and you're called Brian, the hair <laughs> yeah. pro- the, the hair probably just emerges anyway. It's the least of your problems. Yeah, exactly. The NHS installs it. I think. <laughs> <laughs> right. So let's do track number two. All right. All right. Let's move on. So track number two is "Knowing Me, Knowing You." This is from the same album as "Dancing Queen." It's from Arrival, as I 1977. And this is another very big ABBA song. Everyone knows this one. It's not exactly a well, secret. Look, yeah, I mean, neither of you guys picked this one, so we don't have to talk about it in any detail. Look, right for, for me, this is the Alan Partridge song. Yeah. You know, it's full of yeah. overlapping harmonies, has a guitar lick that sounds like Christmas, makes me think of Alan Partridge. I like that bit of it, but that's about it. Okay, Sean, you a fan of this one? I think it's fine. I do really like the sort of guitar. I mean, it's okay. It's I, th- I think it's do... excellent as well. I mean, I, I love pretty much all of these songs, I have to say, or at least I think they're all at least you know, seven or eight out of ten. Sure. Uh, and I would put this as a seven out of ten. Fine. I think I think this is a great tune. I think I, I love some of the bits that they, they do in it. The I like the aha thing. Yes, it's tainted by the Alan Parker piss take. Uh, but yeah. if you take that out of the equation, it is 
a, a great piece of songwriting in there. I like the bit where the, the, the boys in the background are repeating the, the girls' lines, this time we're through. That sort of thing works really well. Really catchy tune. I, I think this is wicked. But I didn't choose it for Dave because I thought, no, he's going to have taken against this because he's heard it too much. The fact is, right, it lends itself so well to parody in Alan Partridge because it is... At its heart, a fucking stupid joke song. You think? Yeah, it's, it's a fucking, it's a risible song. That, no. That, that, it's a risible song. That's why it was so, that's why it's so funny. It was, it was, it wouldn't be as funny if if it was a better song. The thing is with it is it's like, it is a, it's like Dancing Queen and actually most of their songs, which is, it's actually quite a sad, there's a real sadness at the, yeah. at the core of it. And it's about a hot, if you actually look at the emotion behind it, that's the problem with a band like Ava getting so massive is it just becomes st- like a sterile product. But I actually think it's... I think they're quite... There's a real sadness there. But to, me, to, to me, the emotion behind this and Dancing Queen is cocaine. This is the song about the end of a relationship. Because he's done too much cocaine. <laughs> oh, I can't be with you anymore. Look at your hair. It was Sweden in the 70s. We've, we've covered this. Uh, anyway, continue. Fair enough. Okay, so no, that, that was that was knowing me. Uh, track number three on the album is Take a Chance on a Me. If you change your mind, take a chance on the This is another one that Sean picked. Sean, good one. This is a great song. I didn't pick this again because I was pretty sure Dave wouldn't like it, but this is fucking brilliant, this song. Right, now. Yeah, this is one that I... I have to say, was one that I always associate with Partridge, and it's probably in the last year that I've managed to see past it. Because I think the production on this song Mm -hmm. is just so great. The way it builds up, it's like like a a freight train, this song. I love it. Love it. Like it. I mean... I love uh, Eurasia. I've been pulled up on the on Twitter this week for pronouncing it Eurasia, <laughs> and I'm not fucking stopping. No, Fuck you, it. You, you're pronouncing it Eurasia. That's how you Eurasia. pronounce it. Eurasia. That's how I pronounce it. Eurasia. That's how it's. Uh, no, Eurasia. It, yeah. Fuck off. How do you pronounce right. the word erase? Erase. <laughs> erase. No, I say erase. All right, Eurasia. Oh, fuck you. Eurasia. 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 Like Eurasia. Like Eurythmics. Like Europe and Asia. Like Europe I mean, and Asia. Like. <laughs> look, if we look at the facts, if we look at the facts of it, I'm wrong, but this is 2020. <laughs> facts don't matter, I've right? got an alternative fact, and yeah. it's you pronounce it fucking Eurasia. So fuck do you. Pr- you, do you pronounce the eels the Yules? <laughs> yeah. I do at Christmas. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Mr. May. Christmas in Algeria. Have a good one. <laughs> Yeah, so look, I mean, I love Eurasia. Uh, uh, fuck it, I, I love Eurasia, right? Hey, mate, you, you say it as you want it, man. Don't and let I, these bullies get it to get to you. And I don't particularly like their version. It's one of my least favourite Eurasia songs, right? Okay? And I like this one less. I do I do take the point. It's an interesting piece of production. I can't, It's got that big studio 70s production feel, mm. but it's so fucking chintzy and full of just like, it's got loads of roller disco laser sounds in it. Brilliant. That sounds great. Yeah, That's not, it's like Jeff Love and his orchestra. I'm not having this at all. This is a fantastic song. It's relentlessly annoying, Krista. Ah, it's so good. And obviously, because you've heard it so many times, you you even you stopped even thinking about but that intro where it just starts with their voices. The take a chance, take a chance, take a take a chance. That is just fucking brilliant. That is iconic, mate. If I was in yeah. a Turkish prison, this is what they'd play to break me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this is so good. And it's so desperate. It's so desperate as well, isn't it? Like the whole thing of the song is like, look, look, if you've got no other options, I'm so shit that perhaps I'll do. Have some self-respect. 
No. I mean, look, mate, that, I don't know how you managed to get your wife, but I know how I got mine. <laughs> and it was... Does, it, does it involve a Turkish prison? <laughs> I know, a great Turkish prison. We can, we can lay down some hay. And there's a bit at the end where they just they, they've run out of lyrics and they just kind of start humming the melody. It's well, no good. Ba, 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 ba. Yeah, it's fucking. Oh, oh, like you hate that shit, mate. Come you, on, let's go back to that Queen album where you wouldn't let them off that bit. <laughs> double standards, <laughs> double standards. Christa. Well, okay, but you liked it, so you double standards, Dave. Yeah, all right, double standards, Dave. But my okay, but both of the standards I have for this song is a bit shit. <laughs> shit, Krista. When about in their career was this song? Because that's something I don't know as, uh, as much. This is their, their fifth you. album. So I mean, things right. They had eight albums, eight studio albums that they released, but the mm-hmm. first one wasn't really one of the proper ones. It was released under the, the name Benny Bjorn Agnes and Frida. It wasn't under ABBA. Mm. So you get seven proper albums, the first one being the one that has Waterloo on it, 74. So they go yeah, through, yeah. let's say 74 to 81 is their big point. Uh, so this is the fifth actual album, but their fourth main album. Uh, 1978, bang in the middle of their biggest fucking period. Um, it's yeah. from the album ABBA, the album, which was whenever someone did ABBA the movie, they made a movie about them. And this was on the, yeah. uh, the uh, record that was going to soundtrack that. So it's bang in the middle of the career. Everyone's huge fan of Abba at that time. And this is an absolute banger they've put out. And this was one of the biggest selling singles they did. It sold over 800,000 copies in the UK and over a million in the States. This was Fucking huge. Hell. Yeah. that's. I, it does sound to me like a band that is like kind of flexing their muscles like it sounds yeah. like they're they know how good they are like that's why they go ba 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 they're like yeah we're just <laughs> this we write really good melodies and we're just yeah. going to sing them no oh, this is them uh, at their absolute peak yeah this yeah is, this is peak abba and like you say this is them showing off that oh well, here's another amazing tune we're four albums in and you've loved all this other shit here's another one dave looks uh he's hating it hating i've it. got that look from my dad before on christmas and uh <laughs> Well, when I told him I wanted to be a comedian. <laughs> I mean, my my mum told me if I've got nothing nice to say, start a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay. So, but that hasn't convinced you either. That's fair. No, all right. Okay. Well, let's 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 move. On. So, Sean, you are currently zero for two. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, so the next track is Mamma Mia. Right. We talked about the film. But this is the song. Indeed. And this one was off their third album, uh, 1975. So again, it's while they're starting to get noticed, but it's not when they're at their biggest. Um, the only fact I've got about this one is that it originally wasn't going to be released as a single. Uh, there was uh, a few bands at the time that were recording their versions of ABBA songs and releasing them as singles, and they offered this to Brotherhood of Man, who were uh, the, the UK Eurovision people, um, did Save Your Kisses for Me in the mid-70s, but they turned it down, so ABBA released it as a single, and it was a big hit. I mean, they must fucking wake up every day hating their life oh, that they imagine, turned down this song. Imagine. Has there ever been an indie band called uh, uh, Manhood of Brother? Jesus Christ. Because <laughs> there should be. That sounds like a very specific uh, uh, section on Pornhub. <laughs> oh, there you go. Not anymore. 
<laughs> now, neither of you picked this one for me. Um, okay. now, bizarrely, uh, this one for me is one of my. This is the, this is the best one so far for me. Really? But yeah, because it's, it's kind of got some drama to it, and I kind of like that kind oh, okay. of that kind of pitchy, kind of like Hitchcocky kind of. Right. I like everything that comes up to the chorus, and I think the chorus is just a. You know, it's big and it's massive, and it it gets me in a way that Dancing Queen and the other ones don't. So, this is my this is my least. I'm not. I'm not even going to fucking hedge it and be like, this is the least worse. I, I think this one's pretty decent. Oh, that, that's interesting. I didn't think you'd like this at all. No, I, I, yeah. I don't mind my mirror at all. I think that's a, right. I think it's a solid song. And this, like I said, this is 1975, and this is when they were still doing a lot of kind of more glam stuff. They were very influenced, you can hear it in Waterloo especially, very influenced by the English glam scene. And this is along those lines. They've got the guitar riff in there for a glam song. I didn't think you would like it because it sounds like an entire genre. I was like, David, probably not a big fan of that. Yeah, yeah. Right. I, I, I mm. like this one. I, Interesting. I, I, I like this one. But... You were right, though. Fucking massive chorus. Yeah. I'm starting to see what the problem I made was. Or it's, you know, I'm just talking about my... I think I like them when they're at their most pure disco kind of... Yeah. Well, dancey well, bassy whereas they did it. they did have like rocky you know not rocky songs but like yeah I guess yeah this was more like a glam sound mm. a bit more stomp um, to it yeah right okay so next one is called Lay All Your Love On Me this is one that Krista has chosen yeah this is my first one that we've uh, come across that I said I think Dave might like, like this no one. I didn't know this one mm-hmm. Uh this is off their seventh album um, it was a single in July 1981. Um, now, see, I like this little intricate kind of riff that they've got going on here. It's kind yeah. of quite feel, feels a little bit kind of Logan's Runny, a bit sci-fi. Okay. And kind of builds up quite nicely. It's, it's more more of an electro kind of like disco electro feel rather than the strings and piano. Yeah, see, that's kind of got a bit of a hip hop kind of funk mm-hmm. to it. Sure. If your if your stipulations are you need a hip hop funk, I do think this is going to be a. I think this is the wrong album anyway. <laughs> you, you may be right, but anyway, the spoilers. Oh, I like it right the way up, and then it drops into the chorus, and it's like, uh, is this... really? Oh, mate, I think the chorus is the best bit of oh, it. I think the chorus is I think the fucking chorus is fucking stunning on this. It's nothing. Just nothing. I... Don't go changing. Do you know what? Yeah. I, oh, mate, that is pure you know how Giorgio I... Moroder. I think the chorus of this sounds like the theme to a game show. Yes, like it sounds like the it sounds That's like the Who actually. Wants to Be a Millionaire theme right. or something. Yep. I, I feel exactly <laughs> the same way about oh. it. The, like I said, I like the intricacy of that little riff. I like bits of it, but to me, the chorus was just a kind of a bit like the, it, was a, it was a letdown. I thought, oh, I've got that. Oh, okay, he's, he's going to have me on this one. And, right. and then, so oh, no, I, I think... overall, I, I, and I kind of thought, am I going to give you a, a half on this one? Oh, okay. But I'm not. I'm going to. No. It's, it's the thumbs down. I'm afraid. Still a thumbs down. I, I thought that. I, I thought that you'd like the intro and the, the different feel of this one mm-hmm. um, because it's not one that you would hear in a sports night disco. It's not that sort of thing. It's more of a kind of mm. alternative 80s thing. Can, I, can I just point out that I'm not going to hear anything a sports night disco. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think I am? Right, true, okay. When I'm at the awards ceremony for my rugby club. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Having, you know, have, have to shave your balls and then drink the... Yeah. <laughs> oh, hang on, what? Yeah. Oh, no, I mean... Uh, but I thought it, it because it doesn't sound like that. Maybe you'd be into it, but I genuinely think that the the ramp up to the chorus and that drop is brilliant. It's it's along. It's, it sounds like Erasure in a lot of ways. You can mm. see why Erasure were big fans. It sounds like. Sorry, did you did you say Erasure or Eurasia? <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, sorry, mate. Is it Eurasia? Are we going with Eurasia? Is that the decision? Um, uh, also, I thought uh, you might like the facts. I've got some facts on this that uh, a bit of it was used in the Venga Boys, Boom, 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 which obviously I know you're a fan uh, of. Le- le- on the subject of people pulling us up and thinking, Cliff from the Caroline will be in contact in- oh, to God, tell us yeah. that it's the Venga Boys. It's not the Venga Boys. We- that just had- makes no sense, though. Well, I trust him implicitly on this. What do you mean? He said this to me before, it's the Benga Boys. It's pronounced, It's not the Venga Boys, it's the Benga Boys. And Cliff fucking wins quizzes all the time. He knows his shit. I'm not going to Google it because I can't be bothered. He says it's the case, I believe him. But also, how would you Google it? If you type in Benga Boys, <laughs> you say, do you mean Venga Boys? <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> uh, um, and also, this song has been covered by both Halloween and Cliff Richard. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> Putting it in a very specific Venn diagram. Isn't it? Of, of <laughs> 12 songs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, indeed. Uh, fair enough. Okay, I, I was wrong. I thought you'd be into that one. But, okay. I think I'm along the right lines, but not that wasn't the one. Fair yeah, enough. I'm afraid not. Wait, so okay. Next track is Super Trooper. I, I remember this song very well because it was one of the albums that my aunt had and we played a lot in, in my high school. Like Now, neither of you picked this song. I, well, I thought you'd hate it. I mean, I'll, I'll let you guys tell me what, what, what you like about it first, and I'll, get, I'll, I'll tell you what I think about it afterwards. I don't want to be a Grinch. Fair enough. Uh, Sean, you want to go first? Yeah, I mean, what I would say is if there is one track on this whole thing that I think is probably... Me- I'm not going to say without merit, mm. but it, I, I can't think of... I listen to, like this album a lot and I can't think of the last time I listened to this song oh, and right. I don't know whether you, I think I associate one. I think I associate it with being a, it feels like a little kid's song or something sure um, but I you know I bet if I listen to it I and actually you know I'd probably really like it what do you think Christopher? I, I think it's I think it's an excellent song I think what you just said in about it sounding like a kid's song is entirely fair um, but I probably first heard it when I was five, so I've got that sort of uh, history with it. I think, though, that the tune is great. I think it's a catchy as fuck tune. All these songs are really catchy. You know, the, yeah. this band can write a catchy chorus. And the, I think that the, the both of the girls' voices sound excellent in this song, and it's a really good uh, sort of showcase for their voices. I even like the bit where it goes, Supapa, Troopapa. I like that stuff. I think that's fun. Mm. Um, but I am entirely aware that it's, again, one of the most cheesy and potentially annoying. Look, I, do you know, do you know I'm not even going to comment on this. Christopher, you can just read my... Oh, excellent. Uh, uh, you can read my notes <laughs> on this song. It's being past this. Yeah. Uh, Absolute dog shit from start to finish. <laughs> I would rather self-harm than hear it again. Thank you, Dave. That's... Uh, that's okay. That's, 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 that's summed up. <laughs> Next well, track. there we go. <laughs> oh God! Wow. Okay. No, I, I did, deliberately didn't pick that because I thought, no, Dave will hate this. I'm glad that that you haven't put up a, a strong defence for that, uh, Sean. And I, I, I have no idea who you are. Christa. Fair. I That's don't, fine. I, 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 this is the last episode of this podcast. <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. Whenever I was preparing for this and listening through this whole album in, in you know, from start to finish a few times. Yeah. I had such a good time because I have not listened to this in full, you know, for decades since it probably, yeah. I had to play it in the student disco. But every song I was going, oh, this is wicked. This is a great tune. I had such a good time. I'm so pleased we're doing this. 
Yeah, and I, and one thing I'd say about ABBA is I do think most of the songs, certainly most ones on this album, it, I think it loses something from not being out and about with people. Like right. I do think on a night out is when they're really. I don't know if you'd agree with that, but I think. Well, I can I can definitely see that the one like Super Trooper, for example, would be one where crowds of people singing along to it in a a, a, a silly disco. Would definitely add something to a, it. A silly disco. You heard. A silly disco. Do you know what, mate? I met, I, I met my wife in a silly disco. <laughs> did you now? Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Clown yeah. shoes all over the place. It's mad. Out of interest, at this silly disco, were you all doing lots of poppers? <laughs> Very silly. Okay. Yeah. Oh god, it was so. God, I got, I got, I got so silly that night. I couldn't walk straight for a week. <laughs> what were you arrested for? <laughs> Silliness. <laughs> I was being really silly in the back of a car. Anyway, um, right. So the next track is uh, "Winner Takes It All." This is no, a... I have a dream. Oh, is it? Oh, fuck! I've missed that. I have a dream. Oh, sorry. No. Um. So I've just realised. Um. No, sorry. Uh. Absolute dog shit from start to finish was the note from Super Trooper. I have a dream was I would rather self harm than hear it again. Oh, I see. So spoilers, but let's have a listen. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So yeah, this is I have a dream. Uh, this is off their Voulez Vous album from 1979. It was their sixth album. And this is this is again a very different feel of a song to what we've heard so far. Bit of an Eastern feel. It's, it's, it's kind of folky, isn't it? It's like that Eastern European folk stuff. Yeah, I can imagine this in you know in the 1800s in a tavern in Sweden, everyone you know raising their steins and swaying along, to, singing along to this mm. sort of thing. Yeah, and you're saying that like that's something you look for in music. Oh, there's nothing wrong with that, mate. <laughs> oh yeah, what, what, what did it make you think of? Well, it made me think of a fucking 17th century tavern with star. What are you all about? I fucking I feel like I'm going insane. This is again. This is a really catchy tune. Uh, great song. Great yeah, if, song. If 2020 has taught us anything, it's that stuff that's catchy isn't always good. Isn't it? Unbelievable! Unbelievable! Yes, there. The things like uh, there are instant ticks where you go, "All right, this is an awful idea." Like the children's choir. We've discussed on the the Soul to Soul episode we did. Children's choirs really don't work in songs. That's not something you mm. want to have. And uh, probably I'm just putting my own bias ahead, but I'm okay with it in this one. I think it works because it is, it sounds like something from the sound of music. All I can think of, right, is that this must be what it's like when your friends get into Scientology. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) I can do that if you want. I can can give it a go. We'll do a podcast on that. Oh, God. (laughs) I'd love that. I I love the idea that there's a sort of ABBA equivalent of David Miscavige who's going (laughs) to fucking turn up at your house with a baseball bat. So I heard you've been dissing I Have a Dream, yeah? But to be fair, the the irony of this is in that 17th century tavern, they're probably celebrating some kind of vegetable growing contest and someone has been christened Miss Cabbage. Whee! Miss Cabbage 1784. (laughs) Hello, Algeria! We're back, baby! We are back! Oh, fucking hell. If you don't know what a cabbage is, ask your parents. Come on. (laughs) How well that joke was written is evidence of why I'm not a more successful comedian. (laughs) Anyway. You say written. (laughs) All down here, mate. Okay, um, so, right, should we... uh, So, you got... So, anyone else got anything to add to this song? Man, I've said I like it. Sean? I think the tune itself... 
is good enough that it even survived the Westlife cover. Jesus. Oh yeah, that's I true. Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's yeah. a sign of like it's a good like it's it's idiot proof. Westlife would not have chosen or not Westlife. They never nothing to do with it. But whoever was their manager uh, would not have decided to cover this if they didn't go. This is a massive hit. Louis Walsh was there. Yeah, yeah was it yeah. Louis Walsh? Right. He wouldn't have. He would not have gone. Oh well, this is an okay song. He he's like this is a surefire hit. Westlife, yeah. here you go. It's a, it's a big change. And look at who you're siding with. Louis Walsh. Look at who you're siding with. Right, okay, um, let's do the next track. This is, winner okay. take, this, is, this is Winner Takes It All. Right. And this is one that Krista has selected. Yes, right. So this is my second choice as a potential uh, winner for Dave. This was the first single off Voulez-Vous, which is the sixth album, and is widely thought going to be about uh, Bjorn and Agnetha's recent divorce at that time. Um, because Benny and Bjorn wrote the song and Bjorn wrote the lyrics and made Agnetha sing it. And obviously it's all about the winner takes it all. It's it's about the end of a relationship. Um, and, okay, well, you've got everything and I've got nothing. But he has said in the past that it's not specifically about their divorce. It's about just the end of a relationship in general. Okay. So I, I think that's an absolute lie. Well, yeah, you know. so song-wise, though, obviously... I think I know you've chosen this because it's coming from quite a nicely overblown place to start off with. Mm-hmm. Got a kind of synthy choral vocal that's running behind it, mm-hmm. and her vocal comes in, and it's kind of got a little bit of that Elaine Page yes. in chess vibe, I've, right? I've got, uh, this is exactly my note here. Yeah, and yep. I was like, okay, I'm into this here. I'm into this here. Again, you got me at the start. And uh-huh. then the disco beat comes in and it just pulls me fucking out. Because uh, it's the, the, it's not, it, it, it just neuters the song. It's the, the vocal is, and, and then the vocal kind of does this thing where it knocks up the register and it's it's a proper kind of like cut glass kind oh, it's of. It's a big uh, spotlight on musical number. Uh, it just, it, I'm big into that when it goes right, but this is just, ugh. It just, it just feels like nails down a chalkboard to me, man. Oh, really? It, 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 I tell you what it sounds like. You mentioned game show host earlier stuff. This sounds to me like going for gold the musical. Right. Like if, if Henry Kelly, if they were doing a, a musical based on Henry Kelly's 90s uh, game show, this would be one of the songs in it. I mean, there was there was a game show called Winner Take All, wasn't it? Jimmy Tarbuck, I think. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. was. God rest his soul. Yeah. Oh, oh, well, well. God, we're, all, all, all the cool references tonight, isn't it? It's all the <laughs> all the people you want on a on a hip music podcast. Uh, oh, oh, sorry, you were under the impression this is a hip music podcast, <laughs> oh, mate. This, this is two men in their mid forties talking bollocks, <laughs> yeah. debating with replacement podcast, debating yeah. the soft V in Benga Boys. <laughs> Um, I'm sure you know this, Dave, but you're right. I did put this in because I thought it would remind you of I Know Him So Well. Which is from one of Chess, my favourite songs. Which is a brilliant song. You know who wrote that? No. Benny and Bjorn. Well, it's a fucking great song. They, well, wrote, they wrote the music for Chess. Well, there you go. I mean, yeah. just proving what I've said all along, it's them bitches that's dragging him down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, wow. I think you're about to go through the roof. Throughout Northern Africa, <laughs> not just Algeria. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm going I'm to be honest with you, mate. I would, I, I would, I, obviously, one, it's a joke, and I'd be more worried about making that joke if I thought any more than five women listened to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure about 20 listeners, only a quarter of them are women. Uh, now, Sean, are you a fan of this song, though? Joe, I do really like it. I find that um, it's another one I think it just builds so mm-hmm. well. And it 
I like a lot of their songs just sort of become something else about the two minute mark I think it's a ballad that becomes a kind of more thumpy I don't know what the right word of it is but I know no, what you exactly mean. it does it, the, the, the disco yeah. beat does come in it's not a uh, an yeah. absolute dance floor storm or anything like that but the beat comes in and there's a bit more of a, mm. a disco feel to it but it's a big musical chorus um but it's also so melodramatic um but it's, it's like there's a for me there's a one side of it is the melodrama because it is just overblown and this sort of thing but the whole feel of it is about how small you feel once the relationship is over mm. and what having come out the other end and stuff like you know the lines uh you know i miss you but what can i say rules must be obeyed it's just it's just heartbreaking stuff in this huge melodramatic fashion and i think it's mm. fantastic yeah i love it yeah I think it's a great song. This was voted the favourite, the UK's favourite ABBA song in that ITV show. This was the one that beat Dancing Queen. You're joking? No, this is the one. Fuck me. Yeah. I am so out of touch. <laughs> With ITV in 2010. Yes. That's fair. Right, okay, well, let's do the next track. Right. <laughs> this one's a uh, song so good, they named it three times. <laughs> <laughs> money, money, money. Uh, did uh, Sean pick this one for his? He did not. No, okay. So you did not pick it either? No, I didn't. No one picked this one. Uh, but I didn't pick it because I think it's too ridiculous for you to be a fan of. Ah, well, let me surprise you. Oh, my God. Uh, this is this is one of uh, a few ABBA songs that, that I... I mean, I, I genuinely like this one. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like it because it's... I, I think partly I like it because it sounds a bit like the Gremlins theme tune. Oh... Oh, the, the, That's what they were going for, I think. Is it the... the dig, 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 dig. Yeah, right, okay. Kind of, the staccato. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I, I like that little staccato yeah. bit. It's got a big thing. I think the, the money... It's got an anti-capitalist theme, and I am at heart oh. a 17-year-old with those politics. <laughs> and I've, I've, I'm like, yeah, man, fucking money. Right. Um, and yeah, no, I just think this is an actual... This is, like an actual tune, you know. It's choppy, it's pacey, it's a lot of fun. Uh-huh. It doesn't suffer from. It's, it hasn't got a fucking appalling vocal in it. It hasn't got like a. It, it isn't an umpar tune. It's a good song. <laughs> wow. I'm amazed that this is the first one that you're like. It's a proper yeah, tune. Same here. Like I just, I'm so in shock that you can't, you can't at least say that about a, a handful no, of the no, others. No, 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 no. Just to be clear, when I say it's an actual tune, I'm like, it's an actual tune, you know, like with a, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. I'm, I, I'm from the 90s. That was something we said when we liked things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sure. Obviously, I think that Dancing Queen is a, you know, well-written. I, I, I can't, you, know, you can't fuck with ABBA's <laughs> songwriting because they connect with so many people, right? Hmm. Uh, and I, I understand, it's like it's like Elton John. We did, did a, a whole thing yeah, on Elton yeah, John's yeah. greatest hits. And it just doesn't connect with me, right? I understand the craft of mm-hmm. it. I get it. I just don't like it. But this one, money, 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 fucking really like it. I would wow. would put on a compilation, would listen. Wow. In fact, what I'm going to do when we finish this podcast is I'm going to add it to my greatest pop songs of all time, which currently has no ABBA in it. That's mad. Yes. Yeah. I'm very happily surprised because this, I think, again, I'm saying this for every song, I think this is a great tune. And there's so many bits of this... That I think I just think they are so daft, which is why I didn't include it for you. You know the subject matter for a start is you know fuck it up. Why are you writing a song about this? Okay, fine. Um, 
the it's got that same real drama as something like I Will Survive, that big, silly mm-hmm. uh, disco thing. Um, I love the way that the vocal slows down before it goes into the chorus. You know, say the things I had yep. to say. Very much like, very much like that bit. Ding, 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 ding. Mad, ding, ding, absolutely ding, fucking ding, mental. Ding, ding, um, ding, ding, ding. But I think it's great. I just didn't think you would... Uh, the, the way that they just deliberately rump up that tension into the, this very overblown chorus, I thought you'd go, this is fucking stupid. Yeah, no, I very much like that one. Um, also, this one uh, has been sampled a few times. I saw a few samples in this one. It's been sampled in Tech Nine's Money. So Tech Nine, you know, mm-hmm. big uh, underground hip-hop stuff. Immortal Techniques, Rich Man's World. Mm-hmm. And Harry Enfield's Loads of Money, Doing Up the House. Nice. <laughs> So, you know, across the board again. I think I had that on 7-inch at some point. I still do. Oh, yeah. God, that was a fucking bad song, wasn't it? Oh, God, yeah. I mean, just horrible cash-in. Yes, indeed. Mm. Right, so the next track, right. track number 10, is S.O.S. Right. And this was a Sean McLaughlin selection. Is it? Mm-hmm. Nice one, Sean. Okay. Uh, this was released in 1975. Uh, but it's off their third album there, uh, which was just called ABBA. This was only their second UK top ten hit after Waterloo. And it was their first major worldwide hit since Waterloo. They'd, had, they'd released other stuff and it got to, you know, top 40s in various places. But this was the first big one since Waterloo. Do, do you know the, uh, the embarrassing thing about this song is for me? Mm. Is it just makes me think of that song "Bring Me Edelweiss" by Edelweiss oh, from, God. from the fucking nineteen eighty eight? Yeah, I remember that. Which was just a rip off of this song. It was had an unauthorized sample in it. Okay, if you can divorce it from that, what do you think of it? Uh, I mean, right. Okay, I'm gonna have to give you this one, Sean. This is a absolute stomping Ooh. chorus. It is. It is such a fucking it's stormer a of a com- of a chorus that. It breaks down my f- my walls. Uh, they come tumbling down like the uh, <laughs> city of Jericho. Um, and yeah, no, Sean, you are one for three so far. This is yeah, a good song. Sean, you, fair enough. You score the first point. Good to hear there it. Go. Good to hear it. I think I think this song is so. I think it's so mm. unbelievable, and I th- it's the type of song that genuinely I think you could probably make any. Any band, any genre could cover this and it would sound good. Because it's kind of rocky, but it's got that mad synthy mm-hmm, yeah. bit in the middle and it's and the opening is is sort of slow. I mean it is it's sort of peak ABBA. I, I view this oh. as peak. And I actually think I don't know if you would agree with this. I it's a song that I've noticed. Like, I think this is becoming a bigger and bigger hit as the years go on. Oh, is it? Okay. Like I, it has a it has a very, very, very pivotal. It's finding an audience. It's what, yeah. I think it's like one of the pivotal songs in the in the film and in the in the ah, musical. Right, and, that would make sense then. And I just think it's, I just think it's so. I just think it's so good. I think you could play this in a in a freaking the most wanky indie club you wanted, and people would love it. Fair play. Yep, I I think it's it's yeah. wonderful. It's uh, one of the ones again where there is a bit more of the. They're still on the glam sound thing. They've got the scuzzier uh, guitars in it as well as the, the the more disco elements they were going into. But the chorus is just so big and stays in your head. And it's a huge sing-along with your arms around your mates again thing. Uh, you can't mm. fault it. If they start playing this at the weddings, I'm going to be happy because right. I can join in. Right. I can join in. I can feel part mm. of it. I just want to be a part of it. You were saying, Sean, that you can imagine lots of different types of people covering this, yeah? This is one of the ones that I found was covered by the most 
amount of bands, or at least ones yeah. that you've heard of. You know, all ABBA songs have hundreds of covers, but in terms of ones that uh, this was done by these people, um, people like uh, Pete Satira, who did Glory of Love, obviously, for nice. uh, Karate Kid 2. Portishead, I've done a cover of this. Have they? Yep. It's, not on, it's not on albums, but it's on YouTube. They did it as a, a special. Cher has done a version, obviously. Uh, Chris DeBerg, he's done a version. Men Without Hats, <laughs> Nazareth, and John Frusciante. Fuck me. Yeah. John Frusciante? Nazareth. Yeah. <laughs> I would love... I want to hear the Nazareth cover of this. I bet that's great. Is it on Spotify? I think the Nazareth one is. It's one of the few that is. I looked up loads of these on Spotify, and Nazareth, I think, was one of the ones that was. The Portishead one is really fucking weird. It's it's good, but it's very, very Mm. strange, as you'd imagine. It's sort of third album Portishead sounding. I fucking love the Portishead album. Yeah. Um, The only other fact that I find about this, and this is a good fact, you'll like this. Um, This is... Okay, it says it's the only number one single in Australia, but I think we can extrapolate to the world, right? This is the only number one single where the artist, title, and genre are palindromes. Fucking hell. How would you like that? I do like that's that. That's pretty good, man. That's that's fucking amazing. That's a good amazing. fact, mate. That's one of those ones that I would hope would come up in a pub quiz and I'd be like, guess what? I knew this. <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly the voice you do it in, we're often in pub quiz teams together. <laughs> Weren't ABBA like they were bigger in Australia than like they were even they were here? Huge. Weren't they like and Spain? So big, it's they were yeah. bigger in Australia than domestic violence. Yeah, they were huge, huge <laughs> down there. Like um, we said, that I do, I do, I do was a massive hit there before, uh, rather than anywhere yeah. uh, over this direction. And what was the film, the ninety-one film or whatever that really featured? There was two films came out, Australian with Muriel's Wedding. That's oh, yeah. an Aussie one, isn't it? Yes. And yeah. that's got loads of Abbott yeah. in it. And Priscilla, Queen of the Desert? Mm-hmm. Again, loads of Abbott in it. Both early 90s, I think. Maybe that, that yeah. might be one of the things that prompted Polydor to go, let's release the greatest hits. But yeah, both Aussie. Big, big down there. All right, wonderful stuff. Okay, so Sean, you are one for three so far. I'm impressed. I'm, I'm very glad you like that, Dave. I, really, I think that's great. Krista, okay. you are zero for two, but you mm. have a third track coming in now because you have chosen a Chikitata. Chikitita. Chikitita, whatever the fuck it is. Yes. That's. A, I mean, first of all, that's an annoying word, isn't it? Well, you might want to complain to Spain about that. It's a Spanish word. Well, fuck them. <laughs> He he will. He'll do it. (laughs) I mean, I'll be honest, whenever I put this in, this was a gamble for for you, Dave. Mm. This was a bit of a Hail Mary. Okay. With the the throwback there to Sean. Uh, If you're interested in uh, the words Hail Mary, why don't you check out on YouTube (laughs) Sean McLaughlin's standout special, Hail Mary. Mm. Uh, Very, very funny hour of stand-up comedy. But I put it in for one of the reasons was I thought that the Spanish guitar and feel might remind you of La Isla Bonita. No, and I mean it reminds me of parlor music. So I'm listening to it up this point and I'm going, Oh, I mm. need this to do something. Oh right, yeah. And then it does. Yes, it does. Big chorus. It's a fucking umpa band, Krista. <laughs> Like, why would you think I would like this? Oh, like, man. Like, we've been on a stag do, and there was an umpire band, and we had a good time, but that doesn't mean I went home and bought the CD. <laughs> I feel like I'm at a Bavarian wedding. 
this, like this is un- and it's five and a half minutes. It's unforgivably long. Mm. And with a fake ending. This as well. is this is like yeah yeah it's their paranoid android <laughs> isn't it like. <laughs> There's so many phases to <laughs> yeah, this yep. song. I mean, this, this song has got... A- it, goes, it goes big, it goes small, uh-huh. it goes high, it goes and, low. And then it finishes I love it. with what is essentially a polka breakdown. Brilliant. I, I appreciate that you've that you've gone for something here. Mm. You knew it was a risk. It's not It's not paid off it's this not paid time. Off. Okay. It's, it's, right. it's, it, this has not worked for me, I'm afraid. Fine. Okay. That, I, I can't say I'm overly surprised. It was, it was a long shot. But I think this is a brilliant. I honestly think this is a brilliant song. But I think why? The cor- the, that chorus is fucking fantastic. It's, is it? Is this their Christmassy video as well? Is this the one that gets put on music video channels at uh, Christmas? Not because sure, actually. I don't know the video for this one. Well, you think of them in the in the snow? Yeah. Uh, no, isn't that? Um, or is that Fernando? Uh, no, 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 Fernando isn't. I don't think. I think that isn't that take a chance on me. I mean, I would assume. I guess based on where they're from, a lot of their videos were probably just never discovered. Yeah, what else are you gonna do? Just having a little look on my on my mobile phone. Go While on. you're doing that, I'm gonna tell you a fact about this song. Oh, please. Um, right after they played this at a UNICEF concert in 1979, and they uh, afterwards they pledged to donate half of all the song's royalties to that charity. So it's like one of the most famous charity songs in the world because it's it's been done that. And then oh, in wow. 2014, uh, the members of ABBA decided to make it 100%. So now UNICEF gets 100% of the royalties for this song, which is going to be a lot of money. If I was UNICEF, I would refuse it on principle. <laughs> <laughs> dirty money. Yeah, exactly, man. You wouldn't. You know I mean, like, if 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 in like Pablo Escobar went, I'm giving a hundred percent of this money that I've ruined lives with to UNICEF. They'd have to say no, and it, this is this is essentially the same thing. Wow. Do you think at one point UNICEF gave them a call and were like, "Yeah, how about we c- can we have it for Dancing Queen instead?" <laughs> no, you can't. No, you uh, can't. Can you at least do a radio edit? So, is, is, can you? Can you have you got a song that gives off less, 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 less of a sausage vibe? Like, oh, we this song, it's, it's feeling a bit, mm, it's feeling a bit brat verse to us. Do you know what I mean? I mean that is such a funny comment about the radio edit. It's like, I mean that's good news and bad news. Good news is we've got 100 percent of the rights to an ABBA song. Bad news is it's five minutes long and no one will ever play it. I mean, it's technically a song. Oh dear, I've blown this one again. Right. Right. No, it's great. Yeah. Do you know what's so weird? It's so weird when it's high stakes and you're having to really focus on the song mm. to, to see, like, oh, we're someone else going to like it. Maybe I'm just an idiot. It never hit me until now how many of their songs start with just a piano. The It's like it, it, there is a, such a formula mm. to it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I suppose it's definitely the ones that are on here are the big hits. There's a, a pop yeah. chart formula, yeah, of course. What, what do you think, Christopher? As, as someone that's listened to a lot of the albums, would I, would I be more into some of the deeper cuts from the uh, from the the um, the 33s? No, no. If you if you're not into stuff like Lay Your Love on Me and Winner Takes All so far, no, I don't think you're going to be like, oh yeah, side two, track six. That's the one for me. You must be feeling right now how I feel every time we do a Prince album. Yeah, yeah. that's that's probably about it. All right, we're going to take a quick break from doing that now, and we're just going to go in, and uh, we've got a special singles round. This is the uh, the Christmas uh, Christmas week singles from 1992. Yeah, so uh, you know, on Christmas Day, this is what uh, was actually going to be the top ten. And I warn you before we start, this is god awful shit. 
Um, there's no point in doing the albums one because the albums is just best ofs. You know, yeah, yeah, it's it you know, it, Abba Gold is in there. It's take that. Oh no, take that is Ampari, but Simple Minds, Freddie Mercury, Michael Bolton, Genesis, Erasure, Gloria Estefan, Share, Greatest Hits. Wicked. That's what you got. So number ten in the singles chart this week. Right, let's see if you remember this. If you know what it is, Sean, shout out the title. Is it the, is it the victory music from Mario sixty <laughs> four? That was very big, yes, in December ninety two. Uh, right, so Dave, you must know this. Uh, do you know what? I, I can see it because it's popped up on the screen in front yeah. of me. Uh, it's a Madonna song uh, called Deeper and Deeper, but yes. I don't actually remember this song. I've, oh, I've, do you not? No, I've, I've hardly listened. I've, I think I've said it before. I've, I've hardly listened to this record. So uh. Cool. Okay, yeah, so Madonna's number 10. Um, I remember that. But I remember thinking it was bad at the time. I, I, I don't even remember it. Fair enough. Uh, number nine is Rod Stewart's with Tom Trobert's Blues. I don't remember that. It's got Waltzing Matilda as a B-side. That's, um, no, that's, they're two Tom Waits covers, oh, are they? aren't they? Rod Stewart did a Tom Waits cover as a single. Well, Downtown Train is a Tom Waits cover, isn't it? I don't know. I think he's done a couple, yeah. Downtown Train's Tom Waits, is on Rain right. Dogs, I think. Uh, well, I, uh, not being a Waits fan, I don't know enough to uh, say yes or no on that, but I'm just very surprised. Uh, number eight is Gloria Estefan's Miami Hit Mix. Uh, number seven is Boney M's Megamix. So we're at that sort of nonsense. Right. Presuming some of these aren't on Spotify. Oh, well, I just didn't bother. Oh, right, okay. Because fuck it. Um, number <laughs> six, though. Right, see, I mean, Dave might remember this. But, you know, Sean, being four in 92, I, I doubt this has ever resurfaced to any degree. Oh. Oh, yeah, this is also a Tom mm. Waits cover, I think. <laughs> All right, now, no, this is, uh, it's got a sports theme, theme to it. It's a uh, sports related. Oh, God. It does, it sounds is like it, um, the it Space is. Jam one, is it? Uh, close. It's not Space Jam. No, I don't And it's not I basketball. No, I have no idea what it is. It's called Slam Jam. Right. And it's by the WWF superstars. Wow. Okay. Yes. <laughs> And I don't remember this one bit. No, I don't. But, you know, I wasn't into wrestling, and I also wasn't into this sort of shit in 92, so completely passed me by. Yeah, sorry, you're too busy getting down with that, but okay. Sure, man. Uh, so, that number six. Number five, one of their lesser singles. Forever People. Yes. Oh, fucking who is yes. this? It's, um... Oh, fuck, who is this? I don't know. Like, um, it's Shaman. It is the Shaman. Yeah. yeah, well done, mate. The Shaman Forever People. Uh, like I say, not one of their better singles at all. You, you big into the Shaman, Sean? Ebony's are good. Literally. Oh, right. I didn't know that was. I, yeah, that's I don't know anything. Okay. No, but that's fine. Move any mountain. Good tune. Forever People, not a good tune. Uh, okay, top four now. So this is number four. So take that. Yes. Um, fuck, which song is it? It's um. Sean, you remember this? No, I don't. It's a Barry Manilow cover. That's it. Yeah, it's um. Oh, is it is take that, isn't it? Yes, it is take that. Could it be magic? Could it be magic? 
There you Jesus go. Jesus Christ, couldn't remember that. Right, yeah, there you are. Could it be magic? Um, one of the first singles I'm getting, not one of, not, not the first, one of the first, because this is off their first album, Take That mm-hmm. Party. So I guess this is them getting to be big stars mm-hmm. uh, end of 92. Uh, number three we've had before, uh, Charles and Eddie, would I lie to you? And we know that I'm a fan, Dave isn't. Fuck that song. Great tune. Uh, number two in the charts, and we've had, we did the album on this. That's Michael Jackson, yes, and it's it is. Uh, Heal the World. Heal the World. Yeah, man. I bet you he was absolutely gutted he didn't get number one as well, because he's obviously released it to be Christmas number one for Heal the World, but it's stuck at number two. Mate, and mean, can you tell me why it's stuck at number two? Uh, because... Uh, What's going to be number one? Fucking 92... Oh, what was it last week? Oh, is it fucking... We've mentioned it in this podcast already. Oh, it's uh, the, the Bodyguard song, isn't it? It's uh, I Will Always Love You. Yes, it is. Number one. So this is, this had been number one since the middle of November of 92 and would be number one through January as well of 93. Absolute dog shit. So, yeah, 14 weeks up, that was number one. I, I say absolute dog shit. I've kind of grown to like that oh, song. Me too. I think it's actually... I mean, it's, it's obviously a good tune and I have come to agree with the British public of 1992 that this is a very good version of it. I have come to agree with the British public of 1992. <laughs> I want to get that. You, you should get that on a t-shirt when you do merch. Right, okay. So let, let's crack on with the rest of this ABBA album. The next one is uh, Fernando, which no one picked. Do we not? Okay. Neither of you picked Fernando. Again, Alan Partridge's son, isn't it? That's, that's kind of what I've oh, got. Oh, is it? Oh, that's easy. Yeah, son's called Fernando, named after the song. Ah. Uh... Right, I, I didn't choose this because, again, I thought it was a bit too silly for for a, to convert Dave anyway. I, I, I mean, I, I, this is a bit of a... I don't dislike this song particularly. I have a strong opinion on it, mm. but I don't. I, I didn't find anything that went, oh, I'll, I didn't find anything to like in it. Okay. But, you, know, right. I, I'm, you know, I'm kind of lukewarm water on this one. Fine. Sean, you a fan of this one? I think it is their most romantic song. Ah. I really think it's very, like... It's the type of song that if you were in a, a far-flung European city with with someone that you're interested in, you'd want this ah, playing. Okay, nice. <laughs> As you told her, it's over. He's <laughs> <laughs> uh, into it. I was, okay. was going to say, mate, it wasn't enough to save their marriage, was it? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. uh, I, really, I just really like it. I don't have any comments beyond... I just think oh, it's, it's really good. I think it's a great tune. It's a, uh, I think it's a very strange subject matter for a song you know mm. it's a song about the war between Texas and Mexico and the soldiers and the drums in the background it's a very strange thing to actually sing about but yeah. it's brilliant I really like the military drum yeah the percussion on this is nice. really good absolutely I mean I'm, I'm surprised you're surprised I mean I, you know I, I think if there's anything that's a, a large influence on the day to day lives of, of Swedish people in their late 20s and early 30s it's that particular conflict, mm, the, the Texas-Mexico War. Yeah, yeah uh, true. The, the Tex-Mex War, which is not, not to be confused <laughs> with what's going on right now between Chiquitos and uh, Taco Bell. I thought that'd be funny around yeah. as well. Oh. Okay, right, move on. I'll tell you what. I went out uh, for dinner last night. Oh, did you? Yeah, I went to uh, just a, one of these chicken places in town, oh, yeah. and the, there was next to a pub though, and there was an ABBA tribute band playing next door. Oh yeah, they were so loud. I could hear the drums from Nando's. Oh my word! <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake, Sean, don't say anything. It's like yeah. it's, it's like the T Rex in uh, Jurassic Park. 
when when he says them you just have to go completely silent otherwise he'll do another one and eat and eat you in the toilet (laughs) oh dear oh god oh my uh you're all right with me lads you're all right with me you see it's it's less embarrassing when it's just me and dave having to do this in front of like another comedian i'm like oh no i'm in the minority Bollocks. I mean, what you're no, saying you're there fine. is it's doing it in front of a comedian who I have some respect for. <laughs> <laughs> right. Don't worry. I'm going to look up the next song and try and think no, of no. one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come up with one. <laughs> for, and I'm not going to tell you which song. And I'm going to try and make it Love casual. It. Yeah. Um, so, so, Sean, uh, yeah. if you had to trace it back to exactly one moment that your career ended, <laughs> what would it be? <laughs> Uh, I think it's when I said fuck you to Brian May live on the podcast. <laughs> Much more powerful than you thought. That man runs comedy. Right, okay. Um, I've got some facts on Fernando for you. I got, got it. Uh, it was number one in Australia for 14 weeks on its release, um, which was the longest. That was a, a record that was held until 2017 when Ed Sheeran's Shape of You uh, made 15 weeks number one. But it's the longest time that it was top of their charts. I mean, that's right up there with all of the venomous snakes for reasons not to visit Australia, isn't it? That's fair. I mean, they are, you know, I love I love it when I'm there, but they are simpletons. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're still catching up. Um, it wasn't on a proper album as well. It was recorded for their first Greatest Hits album, and their first Greatest Hits album was released in 1976, which is a fucking bold move, I think, um, to have only had three real hit albums and then go, Greatest Hits, but then to also record a song like Fernando, which was huge. And this is how big this single was, right? Uh, it became the band's biggest physical selling single. So physical copies sold became the, their biggest selling single. And according to Wikipedia, it's one, of the, well, it's one of fewer than 40 all-time singles to have sold 10 million or more copies. Fuck's sake. Yeah, so it's their biggest selling of one of those. Um, in terms of the biggest selling singles of all time... Mm-hmm. Um, can, do you want to have a guess at they are? Do you know what they are? It's like another pub quiz question. Number one, number one is Bing Crosby's White Christmas, right? Number two, have a guess at that. What biggest selling singles of all time? Of all time, yeah. Elton John, Candle in the Wind. I'd assume. Yes, that is number yeah. two, absolutely. Number three, though, and this is you'll only know this if you know it as a, a ridiculous fact. Number three is Mungo Jerry's In the Summertime. Nice. Yeah. That was that's the third best selling single of all time. That is bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. Why the fuck is that so big? No idea. It was just one of those ones that just took off. But anyway, Fernando is ABBA's biggest selling single worldwide. Huge. Absolutely massive. Fuck me. Wow, right. Yeah. Lovely stuff. Okay. Well, shall we move on to uh, track 13? This is a voulez-vous. Uh, and, uh, voulez-vous. And this is a, this is a Sean McLaughlin uh, selection. Is it? Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay. I love the... Just straight in with the big guitar on this That's one. what I like about it. It doesn't yeah. fuck around. Yeah, you're instantly in. There's no build to that. Super big disco funk break. Yes. It, it is uber cheesy. Sure. But I kind of like it. Oh, my God. I've given this... I, I've not given you a full point for this one, Sean, 
I, I really was on the edge with this one. Uh, and I liked it enough that I'm going to give you a 0.5 for this one. So you Ooh. are you are 1.5 for four. That's all right. I'll take that. Oh, stunned, because this is really cheesy disco pop. But, you, but it's but the that, kind of, that, but that break is it's fun. It's, it, it just doesn't it doesn't fuck yeah. around. I think that's yeah. that's the thing. If you're not into ABBA, or like, or you only want a certain type. Mm. I, I can get it like on other eras of ABBA it, this song would have started with a minute of a piano and one of the girls build, singing about sure. a freaking oh I lost my cat and, oh, mm. but now it's just and, you're jumping straight in yeah this is this is you yeah. know this is the kind of this is the kind of uh, like f- you know disco tune you can imagine like kind of being played by some kind of touring funk band mm. do you know what I mean like a breakneck speed fucking jazzed up on fucking uppers and having a lovely time right um, you know it, it, it's it's super super cheesy but it doesn't have some of the stuff in it that I really dislike in some of the other Abertunes like it doesn't have a really fucking terrible bass sound or it doesn't have like a beat that sounds like it was played by a fucking Meg White's fucking sister. Yeah, I the, mm. it's, I don't love it, but there's enough in it that I've gone. Yeah, I, I you know there's a big enough hook. I'm gonna give you a half for it because I'd be being a prick if I didn't. Mm. Huge hook and and really opens up. I think like I I just think it's a really well written song. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm surprised today that even the chorus bit the the ah okay. Right, I, I, I didn't write this down, but I did realise it yesterday. Now, I think part of the reason I like that as well is it it's really reminiscent of the Danger Mouse theme tune. <laughs> That's a good tune, though. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah, a good, good song, tune. Though. Right. It does like Vule, Danger Mouse. <laughs> right. It's almost <laughs> like, it, it, you know I always forget that this has also got that aha kind of refrain uh-huh. in it. And I think um, uh-huh. it's almost like the song moves so quickly that you don't have time to think sure it does it barrels along at a pace yeah. oh right mate well i'm again i'm very happy that you like that because i think it's a great song i'm i'm surprised and, and you know it's mm. a it's a point five it's a, a right you know, okay it's a grudging point five concession right. uh, you know it's uh it could have gone either way uh but i was trying to be fair Okay. Is that all of Sean's selections? Have we had five Sean's? No, no, he's got, he's one, got one more. He's got one more, and all it's right. the next track, Gimme, Gimme, Gimme. Oh, my God. You've gone for this, Sean. Right. <laughs> Again, this is brave. Uh, brilliant song. I just... Drama. I, I don't know if Dave's going to be into this. Uh, this is only recorded for their second Greatest Hits album. Again, it wasn't on a proper album. Uh, 1979. But, yeah, they're definitely Drama. Those strings coming in. But you see, it's the Madonna one. Ah. This this was going yes, it in. Is. This is going into this the only ABBA song that I really like. Oh, because you're so used to the Madonna bit. Yeah, uh, and just cause, and just because I think that's a fucking groove. Oh, it's terrific. Absolutely, yeah. So yeah, good choice. I mean, you know, uh, mm. I, 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 you, you didn't convert me on this one because I liked it already. Right. But it was a good choice, and you, 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 that, that wasn't one of the caveats I gave you. So you finish. Two and a half for five. 50 I can live with that. I've, that's I mean, good, man. That's much more than I thought I'd get, given how I started. Because I figured the more disco-y ones you seem to be sort of railing against. Mm. See, I, I like disco, but it, it's 
it, it's it's not the disco elements of Dancing Queen that I don't like. It's just the insipidness of it. You mm. know, you know if you you know if you put that next to Night Fever or something like you know those songs. I mean, is, is Dancing Queen on the Night Fe- the Saturday Night Fever no. soundtrack? No, no. But you, you put it next to those songs and it's um, you know it's fucking. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. There's something about those songs that gets me that I just I just don't get Dancing Queen. I don't get it. I hoped I could find it. I didn't. Fuck I think uh, I think Gimme 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 f- would fit on that album so perfectly. I think it's their best song. I really do. I think. It's, oh wow! I really. Right. It's certainly my favourite of theirs. Like if if there's some that are nine or a ten out of, ten out of ten, this mm. is like an eleven out of ten in my eyes. I think every okay. I think every element of it is perfect. It's also really long, isn't it? There's like well, yeah, huge bass like a min- solo in the middle. Huge bass solo, like Flea yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah, it's just crazy. That funk bass. It's got the uh, yeah, the, the kind of the slap bass that runs through it. Yeah, this is this is my favourite one on the album. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And, I, and actually, the kind of the backing vocals that really raise go in a really high octave during the chorus. There's mm-hmm. something quite I don't know, not haunting, but there's something kind of deranged. I don't know. I think there's something. <laughs> I just think it's a great song. Oh, yeah. it's, it's it's a lot of fun, really. And yeah. you, it, when it comes in, um, just before the vocal, the proper verse starts, and it's mm. just them going half past twelve. Ridiculous! It's so yeah, much yeah. fun. But I thought it would be too silly for Dave. No, it, right. it it hits that sweet spot of silly enough. Right. You know that, that that's that's kind of my problem. I think with some of the rest of it, some of it is it's not silly enough. I, I don't know. I've, I wish I was more eloquent in the reasons why I don't like ABBA. It's sometimes it hits you sometimes, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. It is odd how much of it is like that. It's like the way they use language is so unique. I mean, they're almost genreless in a way. Like You're right, though. ABBA is a genre unto itself, I think. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. Yeah. Oh, and this is it because they did, like, they got eight albums. They started 70. Well, they, they formed like 72. They normally started in the late 60s. They started proper, let's say, 74 with Waterloo, went through to 81. So they went through the glam stuff, just the kind of classic pop. They've got their obvious, uh, very European, Swedish, the Umpa stuff that they do. I'm sure that's just coming out of Sweden. And then they've mm-hmm. got the big disco thing. They do go through a lot of different genres, but it's all held together with really just catchy, catchy songs. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely mm. fair. Absolutely fair. Right. Okay. So, right, so, so, so Sean's on two and a half out of five. Yeah. He's currently. He, I'm on zero, aren't he, I? He's done, mate. He's done. Yes. You're on. You're on zero. Oh, I'm. I'm going to come out badly on this. Okay. So this is the next. The next track is. This is one of your selections. This is Christa. one of my selections. This is. Does your mother know? Yep. Like, that's quite interesting. I think, but from something you said before, like, oh, the bass sound. Dave's not going to like this then. But it starts uh-huh. off interesting. Uh-huh. This is so and then all good. All of a sudden, so good. Hang on a minute. Good. good. Oh no, it's status quo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's a quoness to it. Uh, there's a quoness to it, mate. Now, Krista, knowing, yes. knowing me as you, as you do, yes. If there's any band I dislike more than ever, who is it? No, Steve, you, you hate status quo. I fucking hate really status do. quo, and you've served me up a uh, slice of quo. I see. I didn't think of that. A slice of status think. quo full of. Pedo lyrics and vocals, <laughs> and the, what I would describe as the worst bass sounds I've heard since that Christians record that we reviewed. I see. You right. have. You have. You, it uh. started, I quite like the way it started. <laughs> yeah. And, and that is in common with everything you've done. So it started. I've gone. Oh, this is interesting. This is it. And then 
it really shit the bed in a hard way. You are zero for four, my oh, friend. No. Do you like the uh, Do you like the chorus though? If you like, because I th- I think the chorus is so with your great. Honey, yeah. If you think it's fun, it's brilliant. That's so catchy. See, I can't even remember the chorus because the rest of the song annoyed me so much. Does your mother know that you're out? That's such a catchy thing. Mm. Take it easy, take it easy. Burp, 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 burp. Yeah. I love uh, that. That's great. Brilliant. Uh, I mean, you know, maybe I just didn't listen to it enough times, but yeah. it made me recoil as if I'd scolded my penis. <laughs> scolded? Scolded or scolded? Scolded. Well, I mean, I scold my penis all the time. <laughs> ah, not again, you. What have you done? <laughs> I, scold, I, I scolded my penis in Eurasia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Fucking pipe down, McLaughlin. Right. The first time I heard this song, yeah, um, wasn't the ABBA version. I didn't know this until Ash covered it as a B-side on one of their singles. And it was reviewed in like the enemy or whatever. And they said, oh, this is one of the best ABBA songs. So I actually listened to an Ash B-side. And this is a great tune. And with that, any credibility our podcast once had, <laughs> with the words, I listened to an Ash B-side. <laughs> was that Intergalactic Sonic 7s? Was that the album of B-sides that they released? Oh, they did as well, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot oh, they did the whole thing, yeah. I, I, I can't remember if I've told this story on the podcast before, but like, and I, I, I've never felt more sorry in my life than I did for Ash once. Do you remember when um, Docklands Arena was a, was a gig venue? briefly yeah there was a, a like a one day music festival on there and it was it kind of had it was the first time like uh, Maynard from Tool's band Perfect Circle paid in the UK like Queen Adrena were on there and Nine Inch Nails was supposed to be headlining it mm-hmm. okay now Nine Inch Nails have obviously got an incredibly rabid fan base right uh, yeah and, and the rest of the lineup was really geared around that kind of industrial kind of gothic tinged thing right but the subheadliner on the gig was Ash, and it was a bit of a misbooking anyway, mm. but it was a sub to Nine Inch Nails. And on the day, Nine Inch Nails pulled out, right? And I just saw Ash come go on stage to start playing their set, and literally, I mean, the entire audience was leaving. It was an enormous arena <laughs> oh, show. Oh, no. And, and I mean, but honestly, this isn't one of those things where I'm exaggerating it. There were like five rows of people in the middle of the stage watching the band as everybody else left. I mean, oh, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm sure they got paid well for it and stuff, but it must have been one of the most dispiriting moments of any profession, like a band that had gone on going, yeah, we, you know, we're the sub-headliners of this show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, being backstage around all the bands that were lower in the fucking thing, probably having the better rider and stuff, and then just everyone leaves when you start playing. Like, in your first song. How- Yikes. Can you imagine? Maybe they should have shouted. They go, guys, don't worry, Nine Inch Nails fans. Come back. We're about to do an ABBA cover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ooh. We're going to do a Nine Inch Nails cover in the style of ABBA. Oh, mate, do you remember uh, the, there was a band in the early 90s called Gabba that did ABBA songs in the style of the Ramones, and that's all they did. Fuck me, but I, I don't. But I, I need to you, listen to that. That sounds that sounds like everything I need oh, right yeah, now. It, it, was, it was obviously very niche. On that subject, do you remember Dread Zeppelin? Yes, fucking hell. But do, do you know, are you familiar with, uh, with Dread Zeppelin, Sean? No. Basically, they exclusively do dub reggae covers of Led Zeppelin songs, uh, and their front man is an Elvis impersonator. Yeah. Oh, man, that's so Doesn't good. Doesn't he go Dead Elvis? Dead Elvis. Yeah. <laughs> is that a bit like the, what do you call it? The, was it the Easy Star All-Stars who did reggae dub covers of classic rock albums? Did you ever hear uh, yes, that? Yeah, they did. They, they, did, did, ra- arms, they yeah. did Radio Dread 
which was okay yes. computer dub side of the moon and then was lonely hearts dub band nice yeah, yeah. exactly they, they find a niche they're applying that field what i want to start doing is uh, annoying white indie band covers of classic reggae dub albums that's what the world needs <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna spin it on its head you thought you, Bombali's you know. exodus was good before <laughs> Wait till we add a ukulele, motherfuckers. Uh, On the subject of reggae, uh, this uh is one of us. Okay, this was uh, the first single of their last proper studio album, which was The Visitors in 1981, and it was their last top ten single for them as well. Uh, okay, oh, so it's starting it, off okay. Yeah. Uh, right. This was the first single released after both couples got divorced. So that's kind of where they're at. What were and they doing? Well, I mean, what? What is well, this? Here we go. Alpine reggae. Every bit as good as it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> this makes UB40 sound like Lee Scratch Perry. Oh. I mean, yes, this is a very strange thing for them to do. But, again, when it gets to that chorus, come on. Not one of us. Uh, no, no, you're not letting this go. Yeah, absolutely. How yeah. fucking dare you? Right, Sean, you know, I don't know if you ever hear the podcast, but we have a, a, a recurrent theme about uh, about reggae tunes, and uh, there's a lot of stuff in the early 90s with, with white people taking on reggae. So. Yeah, like Elton John had one on his, Simply Red had one. When you, say, when, you say take, when you say taking on reggae, I assume you meant to say improving reggae. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, literally. I mean, uh, exactly. Just, you know, I had this coming because there was a, a, a pretty bad reggae tune that I gave a pass on a Prince album recently, mm. and now Krista is paying me back by pretending that this isn't dog shit. <laughs> I mean, look, the only thing I can say that I like about this is there are moments in it where I'm like, oh, that probably influenced the far superior Ace of Bass. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Nothing wrong with a bit of Ace of Bass as well. Do you like this one, Sean? Yeah, I think it's good. I mean, it's another one where I reckon the I think the song is really good and the production uh, does not hold up probably for mm-hmm. me. But um, yeah, all you need is another five, ten years, and it will sound current again. I mean, that's the thing with that. Right. They just you know. No, you you would not get away with this at the moment. The fucking the, the second the second that first bass note held, Twitter would explode in shouts of fucking cultural appropriation, yeah. and it would be one of the only times that Twitter would be right. <laughs> <laughs> what what was the Elton John reggae one by the way? Was it the one oh, from God. Good Night Good Night Yellow Brick Road? Oh no no no! Because that had Jamaica that had Jamaica jerk off on it. But, well, he also did a reggae version of Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Um, but no, the one we were talking about was on a 1990 album. In fact, I'll tell you exactly what it was called. It was called Durban Deep. It was track one on that oh, album. Oh, God, it's so yeah. bad. Yeah, Durban, yeah, I do remember. I mean, it, nothing is as bad as that cover of Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. That though. was in absolute insanity. <laughs> Durban Lucy Deep. Lucy in the Sky with Ireland. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, what I want to know is, uh, what's the who's the guy who writes his lyrics? Uh, Bernie Taupin. Bernie Taupin, yeah. I want to uh-huh. see his face when he first gets played the reggae. This is not what I meant. <laughs> yeah. What what about this implied? <laughs> Jamaica jerk off. At least it was about Jamaica. You know. It's like, look, we were Elton. We were just talking. I had a lovely time in St Kitts. Right? <laughs> this isn't what I meant. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. All right. So let's. Uh, this is your last selection, then, Krista. Yes. This is called Name of the Game. Yes. Okay. Oh, so a bit of creeping calypso. 
indeed. And this, I mean, one of the reasons I put this in as possible was because this bass line was sampled by the Fugees for yeah. Rumble in the Jungle. Okay. Uh, which was the very first time that ABBA had allowed anyone to sample their stuff. And he's one of the worst Fuji songs from that era. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's not a great one. I think... I, I think it's got some good bits, but no, it's not a good one. Um, but the, this was the first one, and then the Madonna one was the second time they allowed anyone to sample. But of course, Edelweiss didn't seek permission. No. Uh, look, I see what you've done here, Krista. Uh-huh. You've gone for big, deep cuts. Yep. You've gone, Dave is at heart a contrarian. Yep. Look, I really don't want to be a prick about it. I, I want to like it. I don't want to give you a zero. I don't want that no. to happen. But? But this is tedious. Oh, really? Again... The chorus bit I thought would get you. It's a big chorus. This is one of the few songs I think would be improved by a Des O'Connor cover. Well, I think you could say that about a lot of songs, mate. Rest Man's in peace. Rest in, rest in peace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 2020. Um, Beatles-esque trumpet in the background as well. It's, there's a lot of different elements, I thought. There's a lot of different stuff going on. What, what Do you know what I like it? about it? I really like, and it's made only really relevant to the, probably the first eight seconds of the song, is it sounds so much like a, like the soundtrack to a Mega Drive game. Like, oh, really? It could be like Streets of Rage or something. Now, did you ever play Monkey Island on the... On the PC yeah. or the yeah, yeah. yeah, you don't think it sounds like the, the. I've said this about another song before. It's, you know, it's got that kind of calypso. Yeah, the guys um, are around the campfire. So a bit like Monkey. Yeah, Island. yeah, it definitely sounds like that. I mean, I still listen to the uh, Curse of Monkey Island theme tune, like music. I think it's the best video game theme ever. As well. Wow, not nice. that that's relevant. I just think they're so great. No, no. Oh, wow. you, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, Sean, Sean McLaughlin, the man in black, the cool voice of the comedian. Fucking nerd, that's what he is. Nerd. 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 If I was a nerd, would I be on an ABBA podcast? I rest my case. (laughs) (laughs) It's like I fucking gave up Marin for this shit. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Mark, mate. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, you're just going to have to get a bomber again. I'm doing PCL. (laughs) And that's it. Yeah. All okay. Right. I've gone. I, you're absolutely right. I did go for the the most kind of non-obvious ones I can yeah. think of. Ones that I didn't think you may have heard before, and mm-hmm. um, ones that didn't sound like typical ABBA. That's what I went. And for. I appreciate that you did it because it because those are songs that you did make me focus in on those songs and listen to them. Mm. And as I, it, as I said up the front, I take no pleasure in not liking something. Yeah. I, I wish I had. I just didn't. And I'm afraid, yep. Krista, you're going to end on this one. Do you know what, man? Zero. Do you know what, man? I don't want you to finish as naught for 10. So I'm going to give you 0.25 for the first one because oh. I did like that bit. There you go. You love on me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to give okay. you 0.25 right. for that. So you finish 0.25 of. I'll take of anything five. I can get, frankly. What a, pa- what a patronizing man. Yeah. <laughs> Sean, Sean, don't, don't tell him. I'm t- it's worse. I'm feeling it? good about myself right now. Yeah. It's, it's worse. It's worse what I've done, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> right. Um, so the next track is "Thank You for the Music." Right. Yeah. We're near the end of the album. This is track 18 of 19, and this is, you know, pure musical fare. Yeah. This um, is. Yeah. Again, this this sounds like it could be on a Mary Poppins album. In fact, I'm a bit of a um, it almost sounds like it's a parody of a musical. Yes, it does. But this is catchy as shit. Can't argue with it. You just can't. It's fucking when it builds up to that big chorus, a big single-on chorus. When, when you say you can't argue with it, do you mean just because the only thing you can do is fight it? Well, it's very loud. <laughs> can't argue with it. Yeah. 
out, mate. It's just coming in. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I, I have huge. to say, I, I do find it a bit... I think I find just songs about songs quite grating in general. Okay, so yeah. this one, I'm I'm sort of happy for Dave to not like. I, I tell you what, right? This is this is like one of the songs that they're playing in Dirty Dancing before they do fucking. I've had the time of my life. This is the bullshit people that get wiped away by the cool sweaty dance people that know where to get abortions. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, Algeria, baby. We had you. <laughs> Quite a roller coaster for your fan bases tonight, I'd say. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> yeah, no, fuck this song is what I've written. Uh, I right. do not like this. Song no, I didn't think all. you'd like it. I, I absolutely didn't. Um, I'll tell you what. There's something you said earlier, Sean, about some of the ABBA songs. You can just see appealing to you know kids. I can hmm. see this. This is one that I would imagine at a nursery uh, they could get the kids to sing because hmm. it's almost like a nursery rhyme. It's that yeah, simple. It it's so simple, um, but. This is okay. Let's sing this in assembly, sort of a thing, you know. It is like it is exactly like that. I think it is. It feels like a song from the Muppets would sing. Yeah, it. Ex- absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All I'm hearing from both of you is this is the kind of music I'd use to coax a child into a car. Sure, it's worked for me once. <laughs> it only has to work once. <laughs> <laughs> Not if you want the word serious. <laughs> That's why the, the police were we were being very silly. <laughs> Content warning. Right. Okay. So, anybody else got anything to add for? Thank you for the music. No, I just think it's a big cheesy sing along. It's the sort of thing that you can imagine loads of people on New Year's Eve, you know, swaying along, singing with their friends, that sort of shit. But yeah. I understand why people would take against it. I I, I have. Yeah. I have, and I'm glad that you understand. Um, let's do the final track on this album, right. Waterloo. Okay. Sean, you've already said that you like this one, am I correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was, I was, yeah. It was between this and Dancing Queen for me. Right. Yeah, it's a brilliant song. Huge. And, uh, I mean, in terms of where we are, this is kind of their first hit. Obviously, this was the one they did for Eurovision. Uh, in 1970 it was written in 73 it was in Eurovision 74 uh, which was held in Brighton as we know it was the the Brighton Dome indeed I I mean I think I'd have liked this if the goodies had done it well sure again you know you're you're saying all the right things I mean it's some jazzy shit it's it's holiday camp music isn't it you can file this with Superman and the Birdie song can't you what? No, no I don't put this in that category of ABBA I think this is this is ABBA at their most sincere and they're most and they're most genuine I think it's I think it's absolute quality it's another big glam rock one yeah it's yeah the big, big guitars chugging along but again huge chorus I mean I'm, I'm I've written some notes here and I'm thinking maybe I've been too much of a prick about it right mm. but I, I, it doesn't give me any pleasure this I don't like seeing people enjoy something and not being able to join in I hate it this is one of those. I think this is one of the songs that's like that. I just think it's the lyrics are so interesting. It's like mm. how D- like very another weird one. Yeah, it's such a bizarre reference to pull out and and yeah. turn into like a parable for love. Yeah, uh, I love it. Finally facing my Waterloo. Do you think? I don't know. I, 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 Bieber would never have said that. I yeah, I mean, I, I, okay, fair enough. I, I, if, if you're saying there's there's a grand. Uh, you know, a, a grand piece of lyric writing where someone has 
taken a, a, an interesting reference and thrown it into the mainstream. Okay, fair enough. I can I can see that as a, as an argument. That it's you know it's better than fucking some awful saccharine trite throwaway line. It's something that someone's thought about. But it, it just sounds like a song that's got a funny dance that goes with it, doesn't it? You could have a, you could do a funny dance to any song if you really try, you know. Yeah, well, you can do, but then you know, but the Macarena and uh, you know, and Saturday Night exist in a certain space in the world, and this lives with it. I think this is this is it. Just sounds no. like a novelty record to me. No, you know? to me, this is not. There's nothing novelty about this. I think this is a great. I think the reason it sounds like a novelty record is that it's. It's that is for the same reason that I thought it was quite cool, which is it's a it's called Waterloo and it's a and it references a battle and well and also it was a Eurovision hit, you know it's got yeah. that cachet to it. So you 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 could definitely if you wanted to lump it in with Brotherhood's Man Kisses for Me and Bucks Fizz and whatever like this, but it, I think if you put all the Eurovision winners or entries into a compilation album, this is going to stand head and shoulders above most of them. I yeah, I yeah. I think it is. I, I yeah. you know, I, I'd, I'd probably rather listen to Saturday Night. Oh God, oh mate, don't say things you can't take back. Oh. Fuck it, hell. That is an awful song. Well, mate, I've got hardly any short-term memory. I say things I don't <laughs> stand by all the time. <laughs> but yeah, all right. So well, I tell you, what this did make me do, yeah. Um, have either of you seen that Netflix film, the Will Ferrell one about Eurovision? Yes, I've seen it. Yeah, you've seen it, Dave? No, yeah. no. Uh, it's it's. It's fine. It's fun. It's uh, nothing amazing. It's better than I thought it was going to be, but it does have a fucking brilliant song. That last song in it, the Hometown yeah. song, yeah, incredible. Yeah. And so just re- me remembering Eurovision when I was doing my notes sent me into uh, a YouTube spiral of watching that about 20 times and sometimes with various people reacting to it. I became that guy because it's fucking brilliant. Do you know what my, my favourite Eurovision Song Contest song is the one... When was it that Spain mm-hmm. Spain rigged it one year? What? Do you know about that? No, when was this? I don't know. When, it was like in the 70s, I think. And Spain rigged it. But the song that they rigged it to win was really good. Right? Oh, right. I think it's just called like La 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 or something. Wasn't that Boom Bang a Bang one? That wasn't Spain, was it? Oh, God. Was 70s. That's know. not the one I've heard. Oh, right. I, I don't know this story. I'm going to have to look it up. Is it like that, yeah, that look bit? it up. I can't remember it. It's, uh, it's... Is it like that bit in Baby of the Year where he saw the baby's uh, dad giving the guest judge oral? <laughs> but the baby, yeah, it was the like baby, that. But the baby could have won it on his own, and that's that's why it's so hard for him to say about the oral. About the oral, yeah, exactly. That's, that's a li- literally a joke that probably one person listens to our podcast. And <laughs> I think you should leave... Uh, we'll get oh I see right I was like I don't know what's going on here fucking, you should watch I think you should leave it's fucking brilliant yeah, I, th- I think you meant to to say Ural by the way it's pronounced Ural <laughs> fuck you <laughs> Yes, yes, right, yes. So look, right. What a show! <laughs> oh, fuck me. Uh, okay, so I'm 0.5 for five. Sean's two and a half for five. You're fucking 0.25 point, for five. Uh, fuck you. Bollocks. <laughs> what do you think this is? Bitcoin? You don't get that kind of fucking interest. Oh, shit. Mate, you're, right. you're back down to zero. Right. Okay, but I think, is, is it safe to say that you're, when you're obviously, you're not a convert to ABBA? No, I was not. Any convert. more of an appreciation than you did before? Uh, I mean, there are there are three songs mm. that I like on this 19 track record. Okay. and But I do like them. I do, you know, I, I do, you know, there was one going in that I'd kind of forgot about. And I like three out of 19 songs okay. and like not all of the other 16 make me want to kill. 
Fine, I'll but take that as, as a Christmas gift to me. Some of them do, though. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so basically, we've got to the end of our uh, no, not right. a convert. Sean, where can we see you? What can we? What, what fucking sell us something, man? What? Can, how can people that are listening to this going? That guy fucking knows his shit. I bet he's funny. What? what how can how can people catch up with you? Well, I guess the main thing is it's a music podcast. Mm-hmm. Listen, so you can listen to my album. It's called Support Act. Dave Fensom does the yes, introduction. He does. But despite that, still listen to it. It is a bit like ABBA in that you have to get through a lot of shit right at the very beginning in order for it to get good. But uh, <laughs> uh, it's, it's absolutely not true. It's fucking excellent. Or watch my show Hail Mary on YouTube. But that's going to be an album soon anyway. And we'll put links to all of this stuff in the description of this podcast, obviously, and we'll, we'll tide it about for you. Thank you so much for joining us, man. Absolute pleasure, guys. Um, we will be back in the new year with a new season. Um, and uh, yeah, thank you so much for joining us uh, for all of this season. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed our Christmas special. Yeah. Uh, we'll probably, I mean, it doesn't seem that Christmassy, but what are you going to do? Edit some fucking bells in it or that's something? That's all you need to do, isn't it? Wicked. That's, that's exactly what you shit, need to man. do. Fucking, uh, oh, Rudolph, eh? Anyway, uh, thank you for our very special guest, uh, Sean, and we will see you again in the new year. All right, cheers, guys. Happy Christmas. Bye. Thank you for checking out this episode of Pop Collaborate and Listen. It was produced and edited by us, for which we can only apologise. We're on Twitter at PCL Podcast, on Instagram also at PCL Podcast, and Facebook.com slash PCL Podcast. All of these, plus links to our various Spotify playlists, etc., are on our website, which is pclpodcast.com. Please feel free to get in contact via any of the social media or on pclmusicpodcast at gmail.com. 